Hola chicas, you're listening to Carmen and Vanessa on Fearless Women on a Mission podcast. I am Carmen Moreno, your host and founder of Fearless Women on a Mission. In this podcast, we encourage and empower women to be fearless. So join Vanessa and I in some great conversation. Hey ladies, we had some awesome fearless women come on and speak about stepping out in faith on some of our past episodes. Coming up, we have some amazing chats with guests who are moving in action throughout their community, work, family, and school life. Stay tuned. We have some really cool stuff coming up. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Today we are chatting with Pastor John Pyle from City Church in San Antonio, Texas. So let's tune in um, as Pastor John brings us some laughs and some inspiration. Hola, chicas. This is Carmen Moreno, your host of Fearless Women on a Mission podcast. And we have Vanessa. <laughs> Hello, ladies. And we have a guest speaker, Pastor John Pyle. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. Um, I just want to first start off with thanking you. Um, we're going to be celebrating our one year uh, celebration anniversary podcast. <laughs> Ooh, so thank you for giving us this opportunity to start this podcast and kind of reach women um, to be better. So that's kind of the mission of our podcast. And um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. It's an <laughs> honor to be a part of it. Yes. It, without you, it wouldn't be possible. Right. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't think the ladies know, but Carmen came to me about, well, a year in, ago in December. And she said, I have this idea. And I talked to Pastor John and I was like, okay. Or I have a meeting. And she went to the meeting and she's like, it worked out really good. And so yeah. she said that she spoke with you and had you not believed in what Carmen had going on and had she not believed in what yeah. I had going on, we wouldn't be here. So we really, really appreciate you. Oh, yes. that's too kind. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I always get some tips from your podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm oh sorry about that. <laughs> it's fun. Yes. It's fun, though. Um, well, actually, before we get into the podcast, would you like to share a little bit about your story? Yeah, um, I'm John, and I'm a pastor, uh, and that is something I never expected to say. Yeah, uh, I wasn't raised in the church, didn't grow up in the church. I was very much a just whatever kind of guy, didn't really take church seriously. Didn't, it wasn't even that I was against it, I just didn't think about it. Yeah. That's just not what I thought about growing up. And then eventually, so I remember I had two big experiences. One was my grandma died when I was in eighth grade, I think. Okay. And she was, she went to this like small Oklahoma, like fire and brimstone mm -hmm. fundamentalist okay. kind of church. And I just remember going to her funeral and the pastor was like, your grandma wanted to make sure that none of you went to hell and so believe in Jesus today. Like, and oh, I was wow. like, okay, Jesus, I don't know who you are or what you did, but I believe in you. Like, I don't know why, but grandma yeah. wanted it, right? And yeah. I was just, I was like that. And then in high school, there was a youth group that had grown pretty large mm. and a friend had invited me 
And I was like, wait, we get to go and hang out on yeah. weekday nights and meet girls from other high schools <laughs> yeah. and like have pizza. You're and like, just, and I get to get stay yeah. up late and, and everything. My parents are like, yeah, go yeah. ahead. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. This is awesome. And so I started going that way and uh, and started going. And eventually over time, like yeah. it really connected with this Jesus guy yeah. that I didn't really know who he was. And it wasn't like the Jesus I'd seen presented in other places and other mm -hmm. spaces. It felt very personal. And so that relationship just kind of evolved and evolved, and I became a more serious follower of Jesus and tried to keep that going, eventually went to college, volunteered for different yeah. ministries, never thought I would, you know, be a pastor, mm -hmm. started working in the world and eventually had a period of unemployment where God really just sat me down on the couch, wouldn't give yeah. me a job. Because what I didn't realize was that I started working 10 days after I graduated from college. Oh. And I didn't realize how much work had become a part of my identity. Um. It had just, it was part of how I defined myself. Right. And then I find myself unemployed and I have no identity anymore. Oh, wow. And so I just started applying for jobs and just apply, 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 apply. <laughs> and this is like 2009. Yeah, like 2010 probably. Uh, and I was I was desperate, but God had some work to do within me yeah. as it related to identity mm. and purpose and helping me understand who I really was and not just defining myself by a job. Mm -hmm. wow. And that's when I took a two part-time jobs here at, at the church that oh, we're at, okay. City Church. I took two part-time <clears throat> jobs. One was the producer of our 848 service, which okay. was like a less aggressive uh -huh. <laughs> for older people uh, <laughs> service uh, yeah. that I was doing, and then the creative pastor's assistant. Okay. Um, and he fired me from that job about five days in. He was like, wow. you are not very detail-oriented. Like, but, but thank you for coming. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, thank you for having me. But he, thankfully, he was a good friend, and he already got me on board. So he had me doing something else, okay. just not as assistant. And that's where the story started. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how it happened. That, that's cool. It's funny that she said that you – I guess your work was your identity for a little bit because um, I'm kind of in that season. Not necessarily my work, but, like, um, I have three kids, but mm -hmm. two of them are – well, one's out of the house for sure, yeah. and then the other one's almost out, and then yeah. we just have one more. And so I'm, like, freaking out because I'm, like, since I was 16, all mm -hmm. I know is being a mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm, like, freaking out, and I'm, like, that's so weird that you said that because I'm kind of, like, struggling with that. Yeah. So um, – and kind of, like, you know, trying to maneuver through that, but that's so true. Um, uh, I was even thinking, like – kind of like pause, you know, for yeah. a little bit and kind of like take it all in and right. see what God puts in my heart. Because, uh, yeah, I was like, let's just have another baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm like, what? We already know what we're doing here, you know? And he's like, I don't think that's the solution. <laughs> I, I've heard of vow renewal, but baby renewal? That's different. <laughs> so it's just, start over. yeah, he's, he's like, no, I think we should just hold on for a minute. <laughs> and so, uh, but it's true. It's like, uh, God's like putting all this stuff in my heart and, you know, on in my mind and everything but i think we just need to like okay calm down pause yeah. and kind of take it all in well it's a new yeah. season and it's okay the hardest thing <clears throat> is i think sometimes we want to hold on to the old mm. when there's something that's coming yeah. that's new mm -hmm. but the new is always uncomfortable and yeah. we don't get to like i know from my experience and in, in talking to a lot of people 
I wanted to go from this thing to the next thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that to be prepared for the next thing, there had to be this whole valley right. in between. Right. And there had to be time to prepare me. There had to be yeah. time. Because if I had jumped from one thing to the other, I wouldn't have been not only prepared, I wouldn't have been good at it. Yeah. And I wouldn't have found joy in it. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't have found True. a sense of purpose. And so... When people are at these transitions, people leaving the military, Mm. people going empty nest, people Mm -hmm. deciding to not work anymore Mm -hmm. or people retiring, you have all these life transitions and we try to hold on to who we were from before. Sometimes we have to become kind of a new person Mm -hmm. and that's, that's exciting, but it's also scary. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting. I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but, um, going from, pre-Jesus to Jesus, Mm -hmm. Vanessa, it's, I struggle. Actually, I think I have said this before, but it's where I, I, I was fun and cool and people loved me over here. And now I'm on this side where I'm still fun and cool, but I'm struggling to make sure that I don't jump backwards because I want to make sure that I'm walking Mm -hmm. with Jesus or living righteously. And like, I'm afraid to make the wrong step. And it's so interesting that you're saying that because I don't, I didn't recognize for a long time that it wasn't necessarily an identity crisis, but Mm. it's just like that level of like, okay, who am I now? Vanessa back then was all of the things that she shouldn't have been doing. (laughs) And now I'm doing the right thing, but how do I make it more fun without tiptoeing backwards? So that's actually really interesting and about. I have a lot of aha moments while yeah, we're yeah, on the yeah. podcast. It always happens though, right? It's like being in the shower because you don't yes. always have a chance to talk to people. Yes. Like I'm sure you guys like as like, busy people, it. like you yeah. actually don't. And so you're sitting in the shower and you're like, oh, that's what I should yeah. do. Yes. And the podcast is the same way because you don't always have a chance to talk about stuff. And so right. I can't tell you how many times I've just been sitting in the middle of a podcast and being like, I know how to do that. Yes. I know what I'm going to talk to my 12-year-old about. Yeah. Like, I, it all makes sense. Yeah. It clicks into place. The conv- the word conviction is what I used the last episode. There's mm. a lot of conviction, too, when people are sharing their stories. And I'm like, man, I need to do better with my kid. Or I could do better with this. But it's actually a good thing because you need this. So, like, yeah. if I didn't have these conversations, I would be going around, walking around in life, thinking I'm okay or doing the right thing. Sure. And really, there's a whole lot of work that I need to do, and I'm figuring it out in this room. So it's a safe place. Yeah. (laughs) No judgment. (laughs) But so you were sharing that you would go to like youth night and that you were in a season. Well, now you're a pastor. What called you to become a pastor? Uh, I think it's really funny because I think everyone around me knew it before I did. Mm, I hear that a lot from pastors. (laughs) Like, because I even just the other week, I ran into somebody, I I talked to somebody online, I can't remember what it was, but somebody from elementary school or high school I was interacting with, and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm I'm a pastor. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And I'm like, like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) how is that possible? You knew me when I was like 15, and I wasn't even interested in any of this. So, uh, but people have kind of uh, certainly spoken into it. But I think as I began to find out about this Jesus person Mm -hmm. and the thing that had aligned 
before and even during kind of that infancy stage, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you talked about, there's like a before Jesus and an after Jesus where you're you're the same person, but you're totally different mm-hmm. somehow. Um, one of the purposes that I've always cared about was helping people. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to help people. And so I didn't know how to do that. And I wasn't sure what it would look like. And there are times when I thought, maybe I need to be a counselor. or Maybe I need mm-hmm. to be a psychologist. Or mm-hmm. maybe I can, no, I need to work in business and be a leadership like thing. Yeah. Or I need to lead a team and I need to do this. And there weren't a lot of avenues um, because so often we look at the models that have been built for us mm-hmm. of what we can be. Mm-hmm. So when we think about careers, we don't think about it like building it like Legos. Right. We think about it like, oh, here's the track for this, here's the track for that, mm-hmm. here's the box for this, here's the job description. And pastor was always one that seemed kind of dumb and boring. Like mm-hmm. just being honest, it just seemed yeah. kind of boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you do? Like, yeah. I don't. How is that even a job, yeah. right? And so I wouldn't have thought about myself that way. But once I added up all the pieces of what I like to do, mm, right, nice. of connecting with people. And the hard part about being a – I shouldn't say the hard part. But one of the difficult things about being a pastor is that you're kind of general mm-hmm. but also kind of a spiritual specialist. And so you're kind of okay. talking to people that are coming from all different things. Like somebody who's struggling with taking an entrance exam for something – somebody whose marriage is falling apart and somebody who's homeless. And like, you have to be able to give those three different kinds of people connect with them on a deeper level, but Mm -hmm. also give them like some practical stuff, not just some spiritual, like pray something over them. (laughs) Like people are looking for some actual help. And so I think some of it was all these random skills and random things that I did all started to come together because I cared about helping people, but I was also the kid in the group project that would talk, you know, because I had to do less work. Yeah. When you talk, like, there were a bunch of people, Vanessa, this sounds like maybe it was you, like, we'd be in a group together, and you'd be like, I'll do all the research, I'll write the whole paper, just don't make me stand up there and say yeah. anything. And I'll be like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll stand up there and I'll say everything you guys wrote, and I wouldn't do any work. And so, exactly. uh, but it's like, I, the communicating part, like, that yeah. became, that was a natural thing for me. And so right. all these things started to come together, and it kind of gelled into this, like, oh, that's what pastors do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's how I could be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And there are different ways to do it. And so I think it it just kind of walked in there. There was a little bit of Jesus redeeming, just like mm-hmm. me going to youth group for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. There were certainly moments of Jesus kind of redeeming little pieces mm-hmm. of me making a choice of, so going to that youth group, they decided they were going to take a mission trip to England. They had a sister church oh, wow. in England I was I was never gonna go to England on my own, so I'm like, well, I gotta go to England, and they were yeah. like, okay, you have to go to every youth group and every Sunday school and oh. every this, and you have to raise money. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And so I'm at church all the time to try to raise money to go to England, yeah. right? And over time, I learned a lot about Jesus, right? Yeah. I, I I I liked Jesus. He was cool, but right. I really wanted to go to England. Yeah, and whatever so it, works. Right. It never. He just always redeems all these motives, yeah. and so he's redeeming, redeeming, redeeming. And then I find myself in this unemployed period of time, yeah. and I'm doing these random jobs at a church, and then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you're asking me to do something else. And then this is funny. I don't think I've shared this publicly. I mean, people. It's not a like private story, but. At some point, Pastor Brent 
had been had said, "Hey, we will help pay for people's seminary. Anybody that wants to go to seminary will help pay oh, for wow. it." Mm. And he sent that email <clears throat> months before this. This was August of 2012. I remember it, and he'd sent it months before. And I was just like, "Yeah, I don't think that's me. I'm done with school." Like, I graduated 10 years ago. Like, yeah. there's no way that I want to go back to school. And I'm just kind of like, do, 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 do. And then I was at a conference, and it just hit me. And I was like, if it's if I could do it. And so I emailed him back, like, hey, Pastor Brent, has anybody taken you up on that offer? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm enrolling today. Uh, and it was just like, okay, I'm in. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, right? Okay. And it's like five, you know, I, I was doing like a two-year program. It took me like six years to do a two-year program because oh. we had a baby. And then during the okay. process, we had another kid. And I was just doing it class by class, but eventually graduated. So, oh. But it was just, that was an opportunity that was just like, well, I'll go to school if somebody else pays for sure. Okay. Right. And sir, and his purposes and my purposes kind of intertwined and he redeemed those. Yeah. Wow. And it suits you. I know you get that message, but for the listeners who don't know, Pastor John is the funny one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think everybody knows you as the funny one. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Like, oh, but no, that's I don't great. Think, I mean, how you take it, but yeah. I, I think it's funny. It's great. I love it when you're up there. Um, and you shared something really good, though, is that you have to be able to, it's general and you have different, um, I don't want to say categories, yeah. but people coming in from different mm. places. And you have to be able to not necessarily fill them up because you don't fill them up. But right. you said, I guess, have them walk away with something. Yeah. But they're taking from you. So how do you fill yourself up or how do you get fed? What do you, what, what fills you up? Great question. Um one of the things that seminary taught me is that a lot of times you think, man, I'm going to be reading the Bible so much and I'll be <laughs> reading all these books and I'm going to get so close to Jesus. And it's like, no, nah, dude, you're just reading. Like, and at some point you're just pouring through all these things and you're just, blah, blah, and it's very academic, which is what it's designed to be. <clears throat> and so I came to the conclusion that it would be very easy to have a terrible spiritual life and know everything about God. <clears throat> and... I, during all of this, I was like, man, I, I know so much, but how do I not, like you said, how do I not just know stuff, but not be able to have anything personally? Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it was really a process of learning and learning, you know, the, some of the best ministry advice mm -hmm. that I got wasn't even ministry advice. It's, you know, you got to put on your oxygen mask first before you can help anybody else in a plane, right? Yes. That's what they tell you mm -hmm. in a plane where yes. it's like, if because if you don't put on your oxygen mask, you're going to, you can't help anybody. You're right. going to pass out or you're going to die. And so it, I don't even remember where I heard that or put that together, but I heard messages like that, right? Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't give what you don't have. Right. You mm -hmm. can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hearing all of these messages and going, yeah, 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 yeah. And before I was in ministry, it's like, yeah, I get it. Okay. It makes total sense. And then you're in ministry and you're like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. And then I started to see what happened, unfortunately, to people who stayed empty. Mm. And you either burn. It's like running your car without gas yeah. or running your engine without oil. At some point, it's going to blow up. Right. And you might be able to get 5,000 more miles. I don't know how long. But at some point, it's going to blow up. And even if it doesn't blow up, it does irreparable damage sometimes right. to your soul, to something deeper within you. Right. 
And so in my process, I had to figure out some personal disciplines of like, how am I John, not the pastor that people see on stage, mm-hmm. not even the person that people recognize in the community or whatever, because I'm a more visible figure, not the guy that people come to, to for help, just the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the, who, how is just the guy connected to Jesus? Mm-hmm. And it connected a lot to family, honestly, mm-hmm. because I've seen a lot of families suffer yeah. for the cause of ministry mm-hmm. because it's like, well, and, you know, thankfully my wife is super honest, also very kind, yeah. but super honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, it's easy to be like, but babe, it's for Jesus. Yeah, I, I know that I can't change this diaper. I know that I can't be home. <laughs> look, it's for Jesus, so you can't get mad at me. And it's like, you can play that card, but thankfully she was just like, yeah, but that's that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And I came to realize that anything I could do in ministry, God could easily replace me. But I was the only father my kids Mm. should have. Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to have another father. Right. Right. And I could be replaced there too, but that would be a lot of pain. Because they're really the only people that I absolutely agreed to love and take care of. Mm -hmm. Same as my wife. She's the only person I vowed Mm -hmm. until death do us part. Everybody else is temporary. She's the only person that was like, it's me and you till the end and this family we create. And that helped gain some perspective and helped in a lot of ways keep me grounded so that I was never like, I'm doing this thing for the Lord. And I'm, oh unimpeachable and nobody I'm above reproach everything I do is right and it's like oh man that's a terrible way to live that's like some really good word I mean you could apply that to anything really right you know just anybody that's listening I'm like wow like I mean that I mean that someone that's hearing could probably you know if they're putting their all into like a career or education or whatever the case is. And it it helped that I started in the corporate world though, Mm -hmm. because I started in the corporate world and I was like, if I died, you would have my replacement next week. Like like, you'd be like, oh, condolences to John and his wife. I know you guys are sad. Do we have it up on on the job board on monster.com and on Indeed? Is his job up? Okay, what are we going to do about their, like it would be be two minutes to grieve me Mm -hmm. and then the rest of it would be filling the role. And then, that's to a certain degree ministry is like that because it's it's a a 501c3 organization or a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. whatever that is there's certain things they have to do Mm -hmm. and you know if and you see it through scripture it's a normal thing there isn't one thing god is going to fail in doing because a human didn't step up Right. There isn't one th- one of God's designs that's going to fail because some guy failed. Mm-hmm. Right. He's that's always going to bring it to fruition. Right. And so that is going to be taken care of. You could say the same thing with my family, but I feel like what God said at the family is like, you promised to be with well, these yeah. people and love these people. <laughs> yeah. right. And so like you done made a promise, so keep your promise. Right. Right. Just keep your promise to these people that are going to be there when you weren't a pastor when you were a pastor, mm-hmm. when you're done being a pastor professionally, right? right? Yeah. Wherever that is. And, and when you do that, it's it's certainly a grounding kind of. But mm-hmm. to your point, Carmen, anybody can take that advice. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're, for your family to replace you, the emotional cost, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the financial cost, mm-hmm. like marriages aren't very expensive, but divorces are. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and... and 
wait, separating, splitting, like yeah, cost of living, it, I, right? <laughs> well, all of a sudden you got to get two apartments, and yeah. if we're and if we're being honest, for women, yeah. most women that fall under the poverty line mm-hmm. are, are have are single because they've had to get out of a relationship mm-hmm. or they've been booted out of a relationship, and it's like. Okay, now how am I going to provide for the kids that I'm responsible for yeah, right. that this person is not paying child support for? Like, yeah. and so anyway, just comes with a lot. It comes. <laughs> it comes with a. Uh, now I'm yeah. preaching. This is what happens when you put a microphone in front of me. This is what happens. And, but yes, and so keeping it grounded and understanding family is yeah. kind of the first ministry for mm-hmm. everybody. And I mean, wouldn't well, well at least what I've yeah. been taught, it's like God, your spouse. And then everything else. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of I, his word. I that is great. It is a great way to operate in life. It is so easy to cheat that mm-hmm. because and here's how I did it. And here's the reason I know it's a good way to cheat is because this is how <laughs> I cheated on it in my head. Okay. Is going, yeah, no, no, no. My spouse is after God, but this thing I'm doing at work is mm. actually God. Yes. Right. This thing I'm doing at work is actually part of what. God is doing and uh, so yeah this is number one I'm just Mm, following what God told me to do Mm -hmm. instead of being like bro like somebody else can run that training (laughs) or somebody else can lead that project or whatever because and there has to be a separation of personal relationship with God Mm -hmm. that is never going to go away Mm -hmm. that is going to be with you not just in this life but in the next right Right. because as believers we go that that relationship just continues on that never changes your relationship with your spouse will change but you want to honor it till death do us part right success is ring on the finger tag on your toe like that's the (laughs) that's success in a marriage and then everything after that is wildly temporary And it's hard to it's hard to do that because it's easy for me and other people that think like me yeah. to go, well, God told me to do this, mm-hmm. right? And so that means it goes up to number one priority. Oh, but okay. even if God told me to do it, it doesn't jump priority number two, my right. wife. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if she's not on board, then God didn't tell me right now. Right. <laughs> because it, a lot of That's people a get a, a lot of people get caught up on the win. Mm-hmm. And so I've been reading David's story from the moment he's anointed as a kid to the moment that he takes over all of the kingdom of Israel is probably 20 years. Mm, yeah. So you're anointed as king. 20 years later, you fully take the throne. Right. Because there's all this stuff with Saul, and then he comes into ruling of Judah, but not the full kingdom, and there's fighting, and there's all. And so a lot of times God will tell you you're the king, but not now. Right. And so a lot of times God will tell you, you need to move here to do this. And for a lot of dudes or even a lot of women that are like fearless women on a mission, right? <laughs> yes. Or just like, like me. Not yeah. Or <laughs> just like, well, God told me to do this, so we got to do this. But if he didn't tell your husband that, like mm. he told Joseph and Mary at the same time. Yeah. Well, in fact, he told Mary first. And then when Mary told Joseph and Joseph was like, yeah, I don't know, he told Joseph. Yes. Because time was of the essence. In that case, there was a baby being born. Mm -hmm. So often if he doesn't tell your spouse the same thing, that means you need to wait. It doesn't mean that they need to get on your page. Mm -hmm. Wow, you're convicting me right now. (laughs) It's so, well, look, I can only preach what I've lived. And so so often I'm just like, no, babe, it's supposed to be this. And and then it's like, well, I'm not there. And it's like, okay, then I'm supposed to be patient. Mm -hmm. I don't get to just go, but God said, Mm -hmm. and so you get on that page. Yeah, We had um, that in our home last year where we thought um, 
in kind of my husband and I were both like serving at church and at different ministries and we were trying you know God said this like God put it in my heart to serve here God put it in my heart to serve there and then my poor baby she's nine now but like actually this was from like seven eight years old and even last year uh, we were kind of leaving her behind and Mm. so like family time was dwindling down because we were only spending one night a week as a family during the week because yeah. while he was here, I was mm-hmm. home, and while I was here, he was home. And then the weekends uh, were a blended family, so every yeah. other weekend she wouldn't be there. Right. And so it was very challenging, and we thought, but we're doing it for God. But then I just I started feeling empty, and like I not that my family was falling apart, but the structure we yeah. had was falling apart. And so I think it's what your point is great is just because we're called to do it doesn't mean we have to do it in the way we think, but it should be the way God says. And maybe we're called to minister in our own family. Maybe we're called to minister um, from home. Sure. And so um, my husband slowed down a little bit too because um, he was busy with wanting to fill his cup and Mm -hmm. everyone else's cup. So we started including my daughter, and they would do motivational Mondays, Aww. and so they would do like praise and worship on on Facebook, yeah. and then like so he he still felt like he was putting God's word out, and then she got to be involved, and she mm-hmm. loves to sing, so she got to do that. Um, life got a little busy, so I haven't been doing it lately, <laughs> yeah. but they're jumping back into it again. Um, but it's it's important that we recognize that, and so. Maybe that's the message that the ladies need to hear right now, too, because we don't recognize it. So, yeah. That's Um, why I said, I was like, oh, you're comforting me right now. (laughs) And husbands husbands can be slow. I'll speak for all the husbands out there. It's uh, Send this to your husbands, your partners, ladies, please, so they can hear the message directly. Um, So... Another thing that we know about you, but maybe the listeners don't, is that you do have a podcast as well. Yeah. So how did that come about? I realized that what, the corporate job that I had, I was driving a lot. And so I had this huge kind of territory, and this is back when we lived in California, but I was in the car like sometimes three plus hours a day, just oh. driving to different you know centers and doing all that stuff. And so because I was in the car a lot, I had to make it really comfortable. Mm. And because I did that, this was like way back in the day. So Mm -hmm. this is like 2005, 2006. And so like iPods, right, Mm -hmm. were a thing. And I would listen to like AM radio, but like podcasts were these things that were coming out on the iPod. And it's like, you should try. And so I'd be listening to certain things and I I just, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And after that, I would just listen and listen and listen Mm -hmm. To podcasts and I loved them and I you know different stuff in different seasons and about different things and I realized that so much of like how I worked was just podcasting about stuff even if I wasn't podcasting and so mm. a, a friend said John you've been podcasting for a while you just started to record it mm. because I would just like want to talk about whether it was a game I'd be like oh let's talk about the you know the Chiefs and uh Ravens, right? That's who just played. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about the game, right? Or let's let's dissect this or let's talk about this. And so I was always really attracted to it. Mm-hmm. And I was always really interested in it. And there was just something about it that was very 
personal. Mm-hmm. It, it just it feels different than than radio. It feels different yeah. than a lot of other mediums. Yeah. Even like YouTube and video. Like mm-hmm. I was just watching a really popular video series that I won't say what it was. Um, and I was just like, uh, I just don't. I, I don't feel this the same way that I feel podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I started, I was listening a lot and I'm like, you know what? I should start one. Mm-hmm. Like I really want to do this. And I, it t- probably took me a year and a half from the moment of like, I think I should do a podcast about this to actually sitting and recording oh, wow. and doing that because I would just be like, ah, <laughs> like and just make excuses for why I couldn't do it and da 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 da. And finally it just kind of all snapped into place. And so I just started doing it and I love it. And even when I'm not up on editing or I'm not like following through on stuff, I just love talking to people. And so like I probably had, I I went through a long period where I wasn't releasing them, unfortunately, because I got busy, but I was still recording interviews. (laughs) So there's like seven, (laughs) I have like seven episodes done uh, that are just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, that I need to edit and do all. That's the hard part. The hard yeah. part is the back end stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, I love it so much. And it I think it's such you. a great medium. Yeah. 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 I think you, you just flow. Mm-hmm. Already, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. One thing that I recognized last week is that we had a guest and a lot of her story was resonating with me. And so I forget because no one can see me on a podcast that I'm shaking my head or I'm just intrigued and I forget I have to use words so they know (laughs) that I'm here um but it's 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 just so good I don't know (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts running in my head Um, you process yeah I do (laughs) I process a lot but so uh would you like to share with our listeners what your podcast is called plug it in yeah (laughs) it's called better on the inside and this time we're focusing on soul care in the digital age And so that's been, I'm kind of getting back to basics because again, not, I can be a very unfocused person. And so I just started talking (laughs) to people that I liked and I just talked to people that I liked and would it be connected to what the podcast was supposed to be about? Not really, but I would try to figure out a way to make it connected. And so it just kind of sort of da, 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 da. And I kind of got some good refocusing over like from Thanksgiving to Christmas Mm -hmm. and going, man, soul care is what I really care about. Mm -hmm. And the caring of souls is complicated um, because I think there's a lot of things in our culture and our society that we don't think eat away at our souls that do. Mm. And it, it landed on me, right, because Jesus was talking and he said, what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? Mm. And I learned that you can work for a church and lose your soul. Mm. Like, and I see it That's happen to people all the time. Mm. Like, you have this thing that you're doing your inside just shrivels up and dies. Wow. And I, I saw it happening to people and I saw it happening to me. And I saw, yeah. and I saw it, that's where it started. And mm-hmm. just going asking questions of like, well, how do you avoid that? Mm-hmm. And so I see all these systems that are kind of designed to chew us up and spit us out mm-hmm. or we become a cog in the machine. And so if you're out there listening, like, you felt like you don't matter. Like, just call a customer service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just have something go wrong and call customer service for it, and you're routed to a robot. Mm-hmm. And then somebody on a continent who is doing the best that they can, but they have no power, mm-hmm. and you're just, you don't feel like a human anymore. Yeah. You're just a number. You're a problem. And I think that, like, slow degeneration of the soul is something we're seeing 
all across culture, and I don't even think we're addressing it in a lot of churches. Mm. I think you could go to church every week and never feed your soul. Mm. And I I can see that. Yeah. And actually, um, I heard something on Caleb. Um, It was talking about uh, mental health Mm -hmm. and how pastors are always checking in on people or we're going to pastors but Mm -hmm. how often are we checking in with our pastors and who's asking them how they're doing yeah so yolanda um i love her she's she's spoken into my life and my marriage a lot and the moment that i heard that i texted her right away and i was like hi you know i just heard this and i really want you to know that i'm thinking of you and how are you doing and she appreciated that i reached out to her because we really don't think about that like Mm -hmm. we figure well for myself like guys have it all together yeah. you have sure. god on your side and... we got it all figured out that's why, that's but why still... yeah right but you're still human and i understand that but i think it's just because the way you a lot of pastors not all pastors mm-hmm. but the way a lot of pastors present themselves is that they have it together they know yeah. what you need they know the next step but it's it's kind of like that um there have been seasons in my life where I've been ministering and I'm sharing all the knowledge that I know and then I get home and I'm struggling and yeah. going through it. And I don't think that I don't stop to think that other people can be going through that same oh, season. Too. Girl, it is the same <clears throat> yeah. thing. And don't get me started because these pastors are the most part in environments where if they show they're struggling then the people around them go, well, you shouldn't have your job. Yeah. And then your livelihood goes away. Yes. And then, okay, and then yeah. you, you can see it start to cascade of going, then you can't provide for your family. Okay, what are we going to do? I got to mm-hmm. find a different thing. This is the only thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. This is what I went to school for. How could I do something else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see the anxiety start to build. And so you have to do this performance in a culture where you have to be the guiding light. Mm-hmm. Like the pastor has to be the the best Christian. Mm-hmm. Yes. And man, that is so much pressure mm-hmm. that I'm so thankful that I'm in an environment where we have a culture. And, and Dr. Yolanda is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think of her as like the oracle, if you've ever yes. seen the yes. first Matrix. Like she's very much yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and very much like that. But part, she's helped create this culture where you can go, yeah, man, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And the stories we try to share from our talks and our communication is not, I'm the hero, I'm a good Christian. It's going... This is where I've fallen short. Mm-hmm. And so this is maybe where you are falling short. Mm-hmm. So let's work on all this together because it takes so much stress out. Because mm-hmm. if you have to be the example all the time, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And talk about something that eats your soul because then you either have to start to lie mm-hmm. or ha- like because you put up a front. Right. Everything is because, okay. Everybody listening, you've known a pastor's kid, right? Like, and you've known yeah. a bad pastor's kid, right? But they yeah. get up on Sunday and they're just like, my family's perfect. And yeah. I don't know why I did that voice, but whatever, <laughs> go with it. And they're just like, look at my perfect family. And it's like, I know what your sweet little angel was doing mm-hmm. last night because we were at the same party, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and So don't, don't pretend. And I think that disconnect from what's real and what's portrayed is a huge problem for mm-hmm. everybody. Even the people portraying it. Right. Because a lot of times the pressure is just too much. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess because you are in that seat, 
what could we as churchgoers, friends, or uh, fellowshippers, yeah. what can we do on our end to check in without getting too personal or what like what what action can we take yeah well it's a great question one is awareness Mm -hmm. and so start with this idea uh and this is one of the hardest things for people that grew up in like high control or high like respect religion Mm -hmm. your your pastor is a regular person Mm -hmm. like a they go to the grocery store, yeah. they, they go to doctor's <laughs> appointments, they have to get their teeth cleaned, like mm-hmm. the whole deal. And so this is a peer. Mm-hmm. And so this is a peer goes two ways. One is they are not some sinless, perfect angel, right? And you know that, everybody mm-hmm. knows that. But that also means that you can speak into their life. Mm-hmm. And if you have the opportunity to build a relationship with somebody, that's cool. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is if a, if a pastor does say something to you where it looks like, hey, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Part of that is not betraying their confidence and being a friend versus going, oh, I saw the pastor and he was buying six bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. And right, right? And so yeah. like if, if they are vulnerable with you, just holding on to that mm-hmm. and figuring out how to help that person. But the other part of you being a peer is that you could do most of what that pastor's doing. And some of your purpose has been called to do some of those things. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you're lazy. It's not that you're slacking. You might not have just believed that ministry is something that you could do. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. what's so cool about this podcast is it's a bunch of women who are like, we can do this. We don't need to wait around for somebody to appoint me the mission board, whatever, or Mm -hmm. the teaching for whatever. It's like, no, like this is what God called me to do and affirming those gifts. So be, so one, just be able to listen and notice those signs Two, be strong in your gift because part of what's cool is seeing other believers do their thing Mm -hmm. and not be, because it's one of the best things in the world to be like, okay, it doesn't depend on, Okay, cool. Like, uh, it's a reminder. I yeah. know that it doesn't depend on me, but there's still some days where I live as though it depends on mm-hmm. me. And so it's cool to see other people being like, like this podcast is a great example. Every time I know you guys are recording, I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. And there's this other podcast out there that's reaching people yeah. that I don't reach, that's doing such a cool thing. And so by living out your purpose and your gifts, it's an encouragement for everybody around because mm-hmm. again, we're equals in all that. Mm-hmm. Like when we get to heaven, it's not going to be like the past line and the regular people <laughs> like we're gonna get there yeah. and we're all gonna be accountable for what we did right. and so it's it's really encouraging mm-hmm. to see believers living out their purpose good that's awesome that's a good word thanks yeah. to you <laughs> Mom, like, right? <laughs> well i texted carmen yesterday and i was like we wouldn't have been able or what did I say? All the praise to him. And I was like, well, God first. Yeah. But then, <laughs> yeah. Um, so in your podcast or in the group for your podcast, yeah. I know that you have um, what brought you joy this week. Yeah. I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. And people have like a safe space to go and share that. What made you, I know in the soul care is yeah. what your, your now season is. Is yeah. that where it comes from? It's or? still, yeah. Joy is such a part of, what makes hu- what I believe uh, and what I've seen makes humans flourish. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a time that I can remember where I was joyless and healthy. Mm-hmm. There's not a time I can remember where I was joyless and really like following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I think one of the reasons that joy is a fruit of the spirit 
is because it's part of becoming more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a joy you see in his ministry. And we don't always get to see it in the way that we read the Bible because we didn't see a lot of the silly stuff. Mm -hmm. We saw some of the silly stuff because, you know, they're like on the, the... the water and Peter's like it's a ghost and it's, yeah. Jesus like it's me Peter like yeah, come, come on like w- it's very serious but yeah. it's also kind of silly like yeah. you can imagine Jesus being like come on man like or he's asleep and they're going the waves they're gonna overtake us and he like takes and gets up from his nap yeah. and like calms the waves or whatever but joy I think is such a part of a flourishing soul that people seem to be kind of shy sometimes though about what brings them joy. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially believers, try to hide some of the things that bring them joy. And so I, Mm. so because they feel like, well, is this supposed to bring me joy? Or like, are Um, people gonna judge me for Mm -hmm. this? And it could be something super simple because it feels like the answer was supposed to be. And so when I started asking the question, it felt like people's answer would be something like, I read the Bible every day and I worship. (laughs) And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I love that you're finding joy in that. But what if, like, but seriously, no judgment. Like, what actually last week, not what should bring you joy, what actually last week brought you joy? And then I started to hear some of the most interesting answers because people were actually opening up about Mm -hmm. their lives, whether they were watching birds, whether they were working in the garden, whether they were watching a Netflix TV show, mm-hmm. whether they went on a special date with their wife, whether they spent time with their kids, whether they just got a snack that they really liked. <laughs> like, there's something so human yes. about the things that bring us joy. And I want people to not apologize for that, especially when so much of what we read and what we connect with is so negative. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring that to social and not just for our guests is because everything you it's so easy to get outraged when you are on social media Mm. and we just we can't quit it like let's be like some people have congratulations (laughs) you're probably not listening to this podcast if that's yeah Uh, that's true but like you're on social media and just for better or for worse it's hard to get off of it but so much of what we're fed is what we hate or what we're outraged by or what we're tired of and we're just and so the non-judgment zone is joy i hope is just a time where people can stop and share and because yeah. when you start to share, it starts to get contagious. Mm-hmm. Because you go, oh, man, isn't yes. that cute? And so, like, somebody will share. I remember a couple of weeks ago, somebody shared a picture of their granddaughter. Oh. And you're just like, oh, it's a baby, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Or a dog. And you yeah. see a dog and you're like, oh, it's a puppy. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that's not. And you, you have a little bit of joy. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to your soul, joy is just like the, it's almost like something you need every day day Mm -hmm. because with that it's almost like food like because if you don't you can go a couple days without eating Mm -hmm. but if you do your life is pretty miserable yeah Yeah. and so (laughs) even if you're just getting just a little bit here and there it to feed your soul it makes a big difference that's good i like that i think it is contagious i don't know what i was i was kind of moody the other day and i um dog videos actually came up oh yeah and i started cracking Aww. up <laughs> yeah like and, i want a dog yeah now. no not, not there yet no yeah. <laughs> i'm not there yet um my kid my kid and my husband keep like please can i get a dog it's but a lot of work guess who's the one who took care of the last one uh, yep, yep. <laughs> um so that's some good stuff and and you mentioned oh a joy now and then that you're a person, not just a pastor. Yeah. So 
what brings John, not Pastor John, yeah. but John, joy, or what is your favorite thing to do outside of the church or your pastor hat? Oh, okay. Great question. I have <laughs> I have two because one is really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing that I've been doing in the season is that, you know, acorns fall on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And then a friend in the non-judgment zone of joy turned me on to this. It was really great. And she said, you know, it was a really hard season for her and her family. She's been grieving. But she goes and she steps on like the acorn caps, like mm-hmm. the things that hold yeah. those together, and they just make this satisfying crunch. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard her say that, and I'm like, oh, never heard of that. Yeah. And so when I was out, I was like, yeah. and I was like, now I love this. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so I've been like looking for eggs. Yeah, I've been crunching around <laughs> yeah. doing that. That's and so now funny. my kid, like my youngest, Henry, is just like, Dad, yeah. look over there. And I'm like, <laughs> and we'll crunch. And I've told people about it. And somebody caught me on the plaza doing it during a, uh, during a church service. And I was walking around, and they're like, what are you doing? Because yeah. it just looks like I'm wandering around, doing, yeah. like <laughs> staring down. down and then like <laughs> stepping big sometimes. And so <laughs> he was like, what do you do? And I told him, and he's like, okay. And just kind of... <laughs> Pastor John always gives us so much wisdom, so tune in as we continue to chat with Pastor John Pio. Listen in to some more much-needed wisdom on Chatting with Pastor John Part 2 this Friday. Thank you to everyone who listened in. And remember, ladies, it's never too late to make a change. If you're looking for community, you can go to our Facebook page, Fearless Women on a Mission, to be inspired and empowered. And you can also find us on all social media platforms. Remember to like and share our page. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And talk to you soon.